Are we going right now? Good morning. Today is Fear Not Friday. And it is the 23rd. Yeah. Third. Third. It's of February. 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 Whoop, whoop. There we go. It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Listen to what the Good morning. Good morning. Shalom, shalom. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. I will call upon the Good My morning. Said happy birthday. Hey, Rich is on there. <laughs> Who's on there? Huh? Oh, Mac. Oh, I thought you said happy birthday. No, no I almost, no, no, no. I meant to say good morning, and what almost came out of my mouth was happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Charles. Brother Charles. Hey, Sorry, love you, woman. Mr. Man. Hey, hey, good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be with you this morning as we study the Word. I'm glad you guys have been enjoying this, and you know, and today it's going to get pretty wild, but uh, we're going to have some fun, huh? Coffee that could walk by 
Well, we got to clean that coffee maker out too. I think it's I think it's jammed up a little. All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive in because we got quite a bit of ground I would like to be sure to cover before next week. Um, oh, what did I do? Did I mess up? Anyway, so bef- that I'd like to cover before next week, and because we, we want to also talk a little bit about the days of, of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah uh, before we get off this topic. And... Uh, so we want to remember, and what I want to do today is take you to, you know, my first days of reading this and talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to move forward pretty fast. Uh, but first, I want to say this. As we read this, we're going to read some very, very interesting things today. We're going to, we're going to discover some things that your Bible says that some of you, some of you may not know this. I know many of you know this already, but some of you may not know this, and the enemy may want to try to somehow bring some fear up into you. Well, it's Fear Not Friday. So we just want to say right at the beginning, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, we just pray no spirit of fear comes upon anyone that you understand who you are in Christ. The Lord liveth, blessed be the rock. Let the God of our salvation be exalted. And we just praise the Lord for his goodness upon our life, his protection upon us. Don't worry about any of this as you follow Christ. Now, but if you're rebellious against the Lord and you're rebellious against God, then yeah, actually you should have just a little bit of worry in your life. Um, I'll just be honest with you because uh, you need to turn to the Lord and surrender to the Lord. Okay? There are many forces out in this world and The Bible is very, very clear about this. Very, very clear about this. So let's move forward and let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. And let's talk about that. So this is the days of Noah, part 4, sons of God, part 2. Sons of God, part 2. And so let's start with verse 1 again. And let's let's just try to pay attention. Now, we tried to set a, a, a pretty good foundation and let's read this slowly and notice what it's saying. Where are we, sorry? Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Thank you, sir. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the earth. Now that's important. It came to pass when men became, uh, began to multiply upon the earth. Exegesis, there's, there's, there's exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis is when you read a passage and you try to extract from the passage in context what it is saying. Eisegesis eisegesis is when you read a passage, but then you take preconceived thoughts and determinations and theological ways that you think about the world already, and you impose them upon it as you're trying to read it. So we want to be careful when we're reading the Bible to try to see what the Scriptures is actually saying Regardless of what what I think and my my worldview is, according to how I've been raised, what kind of church I grew up in, and all of those things, does that make sense? Let me give you uh, how how it works with me. So I rem- I'll never forget reading this. I, I was blown away. I was 27 years old before I started reading the Bible, actually. I went to church all my life, but I didn't read the Bible. I just went to church and listened to what was preached. And basically, I, you know, didn't hear a whole lot of different stuff about the Bible. And But 
you know, heard good sermons. I'm not saying that, especially about being saved. So when I first started reading the Bible, and I'll never forget reading this passage, it says, now it came to pass when men became, uh, began to multiply upon the earth. And then it says, and daughters were born unto them. Verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. Whoa. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. I remember reading that and going, what? What did that just say? And in my early days, I began to study this out. And I'm like, wow, something supernatural is taking place. What does this mean? Daughters of men. There's daughters of men and sons of God see daughters of men and they think they're beautiful. And remember, I talked about yesterday that I believe as beautiful as you women are today, I think the women before the days of the flood, you know, as we're not so far in the uh, degeneration of the GNA pool, right? I mean, it would have been unbelievable. So much so that sons of God were like, oh, they're beautiful. And then they choose and they take wives. What does that mean? And let, let's look at verse four again. So we're just going to jump to these two. And it says this, and we looked at giants and Nephilim yesterday. So, so remember, it says, there were giants on the earth, Nephilim, fallen ones on the earth. Whoa. In those days and also afterwards. That's what we studied yesterday. Not just in the days of Noah, but after the days of Noah also. What's the Nephilim and what's the deal with that? When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. What? And I read down like, this this is supernatural and 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 this is you know cuz i i began to see i was like wow the evil upon the face of the earth in this day that we looked at yesterday it became so bad that god god it repented him at his heart that he'd even created mankind he was like he was grieved that he had made man and he decided to destroy everything what could have made it so bad? It's like the bad was not just bad, it was supernatural bad. And that's what the text seems to say. But it had something to do also with when these sons of God went into daughters of men and they bore children to these sons of God. And these children, these Nephilim, these fallen ones, were giants upon the earth. They were men of renown. And, and this men of renown, as I studied that out, I'm like, oh, famous, legendary, men of, oh, that makes sense. Everything started clicking in my brain. And I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. I didn't know the Bible was this interesting. Then I look up commentary and I go, oh, I just want to see what I, and I look up commentary and I read it and it says, well, what this was, was when the lineage of Seth laid with the lineage of Cain. I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem to fit what I just read. And then I talked to older people in the church, people who'd been studying longer than me, and they're like, yeah, yeah, this is just, this is the, the, the Seth's lineage, okay? Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So this was Seth's lineage, and they're the ones who's called the sons of God. And they went into daughters of men, and these, these giant men, these fallen ones were born, these supernatural beings, and man became so corrupted. 
And I'm like, I mean, I didn't want to be rebellious, but I'm like, that don't, that just don't make sense. It doesn't seem to fit the text. So regardless of what you think the text actually means or how it actually happened, because you can go today and read and they'll go, well, something this and something that, and uh, here's what actually happened. Regardless of what you think happened, here's what it said happened. Sons of God went into daughters of men and they bore children. That's what it says. So then the next question is, is, who are these sons of God? Now, what I realized quickly was I can't you cannot take the term sons of God and apply it like you do in the New Testament. Now, in the New Testament, we know, we know, right, that we are the children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. That is a New Testament reality of who we are. But if you study Scripture, you realize that that's not an Old Testament reality. Sons of God were never men in the Old Testament. And we will look at some scriptures. So now let's turn to the book of Job. So what we want to say is, what, let's just start on this thought. Who are the sons of God? What is this talking about, sons of God? So I remember then, I, I, you know, I was looking in the book, so I thought, well, I want to look up the term sons of God. Now, as you begin to understand this fallenness, the fallenness not only of the angelic realm, but also the fallenness of man, and then the, the glory that's given to the church to rule and reign with Christ, what you begin to understand is that the church, the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God are going to replace the fallen ones in the divine council and the, the ones, you know, that you're given rulership. So when you study about the church, like Paul's letters to the church, and he says, don't you know that you're going to judge angels? It's like, wait a minute, what? I thought mankind, man was made a little lower than the angels. Yes, we are lower than the angels right now, but because of the virtue of Christ and what he has done, now we have this privileged status that as we endure to the end with him, you go to the book of Revelation, you read the letters to the churches, and the Lord says to the church, you who endure to the end, I'm, you're going to sit with me on my throne and you're going to rule over the nations. What? It means you're taking the place of someone else that was in that place. Now you're the sons and daughters of God. Okay, but Old Testament, sons of God. Now there's only in the Old Testament, men's children are sons and daughters of men. And we saw that in the Genesis text. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the earth and daughters were born to them, men, mankind, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that, that they were beautiful, and they chose wives and took wives and went into them and they bore giants. That's what the text says, regardless of how you believe. That's what the text says. Now, as we're trying to understand who these sons of God are, sons of God are, let's go to Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38 says something that kind of helps us to understand something as we look upon sons of God. Now I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. But I was looking up, I thought I want to look up. I do not have the Amplified Version, but I thought I'm going to look this up in the Amplified Version to see how it says it. And I'm going to put the Amplified on the screen because I believe the Amplified is actually given in parentheses what's being said. So I'm going to read it in the New King James Version, but on the screen it's going to be in the Amplified Version. So here we go. I'm going to put the Amplified on the screen for you. Job 
is declaring some things to the Lord, and, and God says, basically, I'm going to put it in my kind of terms, Job, if you're so smart, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you answer me. And then he begins in verse 4, he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I created the earth is what he's saying. Tell me if you have understanding. If you're so smart, Job, declare to me where you were when I was building the earth. Who determined its measurement? Job, if you're so smart, tell me who made it the size it is. Surely you know. Verse 6 and 7. To what were its foundations fastened? How, how does the earth sit where it sits? Job, do, do, you really so smart, Job? How, wh what does the earth sit on? Why does it stay in place? <laughs> how does gravity work? I thought of you, Brother Charles. <laughs> how does gravity work? Or who laid its cornerstone? Now, verse 7 is the key, and here's why I went there. Look at this. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. You read that, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sons of God, the morning stars were singing, and the sons of God were praising and shouting when God created the earth. I guess that's not humans. I guess that's not man. Okay, now let's turn somewhere else. Let's go over to Job chapter 1. I want you to see this in your Bible. Look at this in your Bible. Job chapter 1 begins like this in verse 6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now the Lord in your Bible is all in all caps, capital L-O-R-D. What that means is, so even say, though it says Lord, it would be the, uh, it would be Yahweh. It would be the, the, the name of God, you know. You say Jehovah or Yahweh, however you want to pronounce it. It says, the sons of God presented themselves before Yahweh, okay? And Satan, and on here, Satan, now the word Satan means adversary and it means accuser. That's what it means. And that's why I put Amplified on there. So there's a there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before Yahweh and Satan came also among them. Now, this is the really cool part. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Where'd you come from, Satan? And so Satan answered Yahweh, answered the Lord, and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. What does this tell us? Well, for sure. So we looked at Job 38. The sons of God were rejoicing and praising God when he created the earth, when he created the world, right? In this text, we see the sons of God present themselves before Yahweh, and Satan comes also among the rest of them. God sees Satan. Yahweh sees Satan. He says, where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro in the earth. What does that tell us? They're not on the earth. Does that make sense? Where you been? 
They came to present themselves before Yahweh. Now, we know by New Testament scriptures and by the letters of the Apostle Paul that God's throne, God's dwelling, is in what we call the third heaven. This is taking place in the third heaven. Now, if there's a third heaven and there's a first heaven, which we both know, that means there's a second heaven. The second heaven is the realm uh, that we would say now of fallen angels and principalities and powers, okay? It's a whole other story, but what I want you to see by this text is simply that the sons of God present themselves before Yahweh, and they're not on earth. They're in heaven. And Satan says, that's where I've been. I've been walking up and down to and fro on the earth. So that's kind of amazing. It's like, well, sons of God. Now, what does that have to do with our text? Well, there's a day when the sons of God, they saw the daughters of men, they took them wives, and when they had children with these daughters of men, giants were born. Now let's go to the New Testament. I know I'm moving kind of quickly, but I need to. I'm going to cover a lot of ground today if I can. And you can go back and listen to this. You know, you can uh, rerun it. The book of Jude, the book of Jude, right before the book of Revelation, you have the book of Jude. And in the book of Jude, we read something that is very, very cool. I'm going to give you this also in the Amplified Version because I believe the Amplified Version like I said, I don't have the Amplified, but I found it online to get these verses for you because it's really helping to explain what I believe and what I see in this text. But I'm going to read it in the New King James. Here we go. Verse 5. Now, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. He said, even though God delivered them from the land of Egypt, Later, because they didn't believe, what does that mean? They refused to trust and obey and rely upon God. God destroyed them later, okay? Verse 6. Now we get into the interesting part. And the angels, now I'm reading in, in the New King James, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain. What? Angels didn't keep their proper domain, yeah, but left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So Jude says, guys, don't you know what God did after he delivered them out of Egypt to those who didn't believe after that? And don't you know that angels who left their proper place. And I like the way the Amplified puts it because that is beautiful. They did not keep their designated place of power, but abandoned. They abandoned their proper dwelling place. They've been locked up in chains. They've been locked up in chains already. They've already been locked up. And then he goes on to say, and next week we'll get on to Sodom and Gomorrah, so I don't want to dwell here, but he goes on to say, as Sodom and Gomorrah, you could say even as Sodom and Gomorrah, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, and the cities around them in similar manner, having given themselves over to sexual sin. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
when the children of Israel left Egypt and they went out in the desert, was there, is there any record of them falling into sexual sin and God bringing destruction upon them? Yes, that's what Jude's talking about. Then the angels who left their proper abode, God locked them up just like Sodom and Gomorrah when they were given over to sexual immorality. It's just all talking about some kind of sexual sin, an ungodly sexual move that took place that brought destruction. And the cities around them, in like manner, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, not the proper order, not the way things were created, left their created order. I'll never forget when I was just originally studying this and I was looking at the, you know, I got out the Strong's Concordance and I'm looking at the Greek words and the Hebrew words and I'm like, this is blowing me away. Are set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. They've already been locked up. Okay. But let's go to one more place. That's the book of Jude. I don't want to dwell there any longer. Let's go to 2 Peter. I want you to see this in your Bible. And now we're just going to read this in the New King James again. Verse 4, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Did I put it up here? Nope, here it goes. I'm bringing it right now. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, so angels sin. Here's the question. When? When did this take place? Angels sinned, and he cast them down to hell. And he delivered them into chains of darkness. Well, Jude said the same thing. There's these angels who sinned. They left their proper dwelling place. They left the realm of authority and the, their created order, and they went after what's called strange flesh. In other words, they, they went against the created order that God had set in place. Angels are eternal created beings with a very high power. They're different than man, okay? But look, cast them down in chains of dark to be reserved for judgment. So these devils, uh, excuse me, these angels have been locked up in chains. Brother Peter says they've been locked up in chains of darkness. In hell itself, they're locked up. And they are sinning angels. When did this take place? Verse 5. Look at this. And connecting to, joining two things together in our vocabulary, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. Uh-oh. What is Peter talking about? Angels sinned in the days of Noah. He didn't spare the uh, ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. We talked about that yesterday. Bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. And then, of course, he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah again. Peter is doing the same thing Jude did. Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Let's stop right there. What? Mama said stop. It's okay. Most of these guys are like, I'm liking this. Don't stop. Right? 
every time I've went to stop before, they're like, no, 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 I'm enjoying this. So I, are y'all are y'all still cool? I can't see your comments, but are y'all still cool? Let me throw out just a couple of more things for you to think about this weekend. Okay. Regardless, what I wanted you to see is that Peter talks about a time in the days of Noah where God destroyed the world because angels sinned. They sinned in some similar manner that's with like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's in Jude and that's in 2 Peter. Now, when we understand about angels sinning, and when we understand about sons of God seeing the daughters of men, there's other scriptures that begin to make sense that if you don't know these things, it just doesn't make any sense, okay, to, to try to understand. Like in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to put this on the board for you just to give you a thought. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, it says, "...nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man." Woman was created for the man, the scripture says, Paul says. And he says, for this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. And you go, because of the angels. What the, what, what does that mean? Well, did you know, and I'm going to blow your mind here. Some of you may not know this. Do you know the Bible? Your Bible says that angels walk among us. Did you know that? Yep. I'm giving you the scripture right now. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, let brotherly love continue. Why? Verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And you say, I don't, Brother Scott, I do not believe that. I cannot believe that. I just can't believe that. Okay. You can choose not to believe that, but you cannot deny that we just read the Bible that said, listen, you need to be careful how you treat strangers because some of you guys, you're entertaining angels unaware. That means angels appear as men. Angels appear as people. Now, if good angels can appear as people, and we know they can, and that's what we learn in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, then so can evil angels appear as men or fallen angels appear as men. Okay? The Bible says angels are walking among us. And sometimes we entertain them. And so you need to be careful how you treat strangers because you just might be dealing with an angel that you don't know about. Now, give your thoughts, your comments. That's cool. Uh, and you can say, man, this is just too crazy for me. I understand, but we are reading the Bible. So most people say, oh, I love the Bible. The Bible is the holy word of God. And I'm like, yes, it is. Have you ever read it? It's really cool. It's got some pretty amazing stuff <laughs> in it. Yes, we have seen those things happen, Brother Charles said. I believe that, Miss Peggy said. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. I just love it when you believe the Word of God. It's like, this is true. I actually believe we have entertained angels. I believe we have. I believe I have uh, in fleshly form. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, are you enjoying this? Yes. You know, give us a thumbs up. Give us, a, give us a, 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 a like. And if this is interesting to you, maybe share it with some other people. And it begins to open up a whole realm of this salvation thing and the church and us being sons and daughters of God in our position 
that is just, it blows you away when you start getting this. And, and then you start to understand Jesus saying, listen, I'm going to give five CDs to this one and 10 CDs to that one. And you've been faithful with a few. I'm giving you this. He's giving authority to his faithful that endured to the end. He's rewarding them and they're replacing the fallen ones. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll pick this back up Tuesday morning the next week. And I'll try to be reading your comments all weekend. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The kingdom and the power and the glory belong to the Lord. All authority now has been given back to him because of the cross. All authority is his and now he wants to give it to you and I, and just praise the Lord for that. So that's why it's so important that you forgive and never give a place to the enemy in your life. Amen? All right, love you guys. See you next week. Bye.